Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Some of y'all like Hebrews. Is there a book called Hebrews? It's actually a joke that goes along with Hebrews. I'm I'm not going to tell it. But it's a good one. Hebrews chapter Hebrews chapter 13. And we're going to look at one verse this morning. Nine words. Hebrews chapter 13 beginning in verse 8. Saints, if you're looking at verse 8, say amen. amen. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8. Matter of fact, it's such a short verse. Nine words. Could you read it with me? Verse 8, Jesus Christ, verse 8, saints, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Now stop right there. Give me your attention. There are many passages in the Bible that contain one single verse or a sentence. But this one verse, this verse is probably one of my favorites. Again, one verse, nine words. I love this verse. It's a memory verse. I love it because it's so rich and it's so comforting and it's so eloquent. This one verse teaches us so much about who God is and what God is like. And if you're going to live a balanced life as a believer in 2011 or in any age or in any year, you got to understand that Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, and forever. Jesus Christ never changes. Somebody clap your hands. Would you do that? Because that's good. Stability, that's good. In Christ. Now let me give you a bit of background, if you will, about the book of Hebrews. First of all, I'd like to tell you who the author is. I would love to tell you who the author is, but I don't know who the author is. I will tell you that some people think that the author of the book of Hebrews is Dr. Luke. And some people say that a guy by the name of Apollos could be the author And some people believe that Paul the Apostle, I personally believe that Paul the Apostle is the author of the book of Luke. But I'll tell you something, it really doesn't matter. Because 2 Corinthians, pardon me, 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 tells us that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. The whole Bible is given by the Holy Spirit. So it really doesn't matter who the author is. And let me tell you a bit about the backdrop of the book. The book of Hebrews is written to Christians, are you listening? Is written to Christians who are Jews. These Christians are being pulled back into Judaism. They're being pulled back by tradition. These Christians lived in Jerusalem, and there in Jerusalem is the temple. 
So each day they would come out of their house or maybe even inside of their house, they would hear the trumpet from the courtyard in the temple and they would come out and they would see the smoke ascending from the brazen altar and they would see the priest washing his hands in a certain way in the wash basin and they would think of their history. They would think of their heritage. They would think of the sacrifices and they were thinking of the ceremonies and and they would think of their tradition. Y'all seen the movie Fiddler on the Roof? Who's seen that movie, Fiddler on the Roof? That's one of my favorite movies. You remember that song? One of the favorite songs, one of the main songs is, If I were a rich man, All day long I'd biddy biddy bum If I were a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work my people are dumb all day long I'd bitty bitty bum if I were a wealthy man you know that song I build a big tall house with rooms by the dozen right in the middle of the town a fine tin roof with Real wooden floors below. I don't know why I know this song. <laughs> there would be one small staircase just going up and one even longer coming down. And one more leading nowhere just for show. If I were a rich man, come on, people. All day long, I'd biddy biddy bum. If I were a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work hard. I'm sorry. Sorry. That's a great movie, all right? That was a great play, actually. And uh, it's a good family movie. They don't make movies like that anymore. All the movies, they got all this junk in them and all this stuff in them. That's a good, clean family movie. Today is a good day to go home, get some soup, and go to the Blockbuster and get that movie. Get there before I get there. <laughs> it's a good movie, but they were drawn. The Christians here in the book of Hebrews were being drawn by tradition. They were being pulled back to their Jewish roots, and the writer is writing them saying, no, 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 don't go back. Back away from tradition, back away from legalism. Move on to Christ because he's the real thing. He's better. The theme of the book, listen, the theme of the book of Hebrews is Christ is better. Write that down. Christ is better. He is better than the Levitical system. He's better than the rules and the rituals and the religion. Jesus is better than the prophets, better than the angels, better than Moses, better than Joshua, better than the Aaron, the high priest, better than the sacrifices. All of those things only pointed to the sacrificial lamb that would come and be slain for the sins of the world. Jesus is better. So don't go back. Don't look back. Don't be turned back. Jesus is the real thing. Somebody say amen. Isn't that right? He's the real thing. No need to go back to tradition. So the writer's writing them. The whole book is about that to encourage them not to go back into to, to tradition. Now let's dissect the verse. Look at verse 8 in your Bibles. Notice, first of all, Jesus Christ. Take your notes. The word Jesus 
means Savior. The word Christ means anointed. Now, there are many names for Jesus in the Bible. In the book of Genesis, he's a seed of the woman. In Exodus, he's the lamb for sinners slain. In Leviticus, he's the high priest. In Numbers, he is the star of David and the brass serpent. In Ezra, he is the Lord of heaven and earth. In Lamentations, he is the man of sorrows. In Amos, he is the eternal Christ. In Malachi, or if you're Italian, Malachi. In Malachi, he is the son of righteousness. You fast forward to the New Testament. It was Peter who called him the Christ, the son of the living God. In the book of Revelation, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's a lamb slain from the foundation of the world, the rock of ages, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus Christ is savior sent by the father to bear our sins in his body. And I think that every Christian in this room would agree that the name of Jesus is the most beautiful name I know. Huh? And there's no other name like the name of Jesus. And there's no power in no other name but the name of Jesus. Think about it. You see, that's why the world, listen, that's why the world is seeking to take Christ out of Christmas. I've heard of people getting in trouble and getting called into the boss's office because they were saying Merry Christmas and not Happy Holidays. You're trying to take Christ out of Christmas. Listen, you can't have Christmas without Christ. Somebody say amen. You can't have Christmas without Christ. So they want you to say Happy Holidays because they're trying to take Christ out of Christmas. Why? I think it's because of this. I think because there is power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. No other name has power. Think about it. Mike. I mean, I know if your name is Mike, I don't know your name, but if your name is Mike, I mean, you're a nice guy, I'm sure. Me ask your wife. But there's no power in that name. Peter. I'm looking at my friend over there. Peter. That's a nice name, but there ain't no power in that name. George. Ain't no power in that name. Rodney. That has, that has a nice ring. <laughs> Something feels very special about that name. I'm feeling it. Rodney. But there's no power in that name, but there is power in the name of Jesus. And can you say a better amen than that? There's power in the name of Jesus. And Jesus, listen, is the only way to God. And the only way to be saved is through Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 tells us, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man, nobody, not a nothing, honey, nobody comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. You can only be saved through Jesus one way and one way only. Baptism can't save you. Baptism can't save you. Tithing can't save you, although we don't discourage it. Religion can't save you. Being in the choir. Now, I didn't say choir. I said the choir. Can't save you. 
The law can't save you. Jesus Christ is the only way to be saved. And you know, there are people who say, well, you say Jesus is the only way to be saved. And there are people who say, oh, well, you know, that just, don't, that just doesn't seem right. You mean there's only one way to be saved? That can't. That's just not fair. And I'm amazed at these people because they don't apply that same logic to anything else. They don't say, you mean there's only one polio vaccine? Nobody says that. If they come up with a cure for cancer, do you think people will say, oh, you mean there's only one cure for cancer? Listen, when you're sick, the, the, the one serum or one shot is, isn't narrow-minded. It's a great thing. And the Bible says that we are sick with sin. And the one thing that can set us free and deliver us and heal us from the disease of the sickness of sin is Jesus Christ. The only way to be healed and to be saved is through Christ. The same logic, the same logic. But the problem is people don't want to recognize and admit that they're sick. Jesus died on the cross to save people from their sickness of sin. He didn't die on Calvary's tree to make people rich. Somebody say amen. And he didn't die on Calvary's tree to make people better. Somebody say amen. And he didn't die to give you a better life. I wouldn't want Jesus to die to make me rich or to make me better or to give me a better life. Jesus died to save people from the sure eternity of hell. And no matter what you've done, I'm going to wait while you clap your hands. I know. I know that's not PC. I know that. Oh, he said the H word. Yep. Jesus said the H word. Hell is a real place. Hell. Where there's eternal torment. Jesus knows he's been there and he doesn't want you to go there. That's why he came and died in our place. He died so that we might live. He died that we might live. And no matter what you've done, here's the good news, saints. No matter what you've done, Jesus can reach down and touch you and change you and save you and deliver you from the bondage of sin. And guess what? He wants to. Isn't that great news? He wants to. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost. Those who come to God through him. That literally means, listen, that Jesus is able to save in the most comprehensive sense. He's able to save from all that humanity needs saving from. He's able to save completely and perfectly to the uttermost. Not only Jesus Christ in verse 8, go ahead and peek at it, but Jesus Christ is the same. That's an awesome verse. Jesus Christ is the same. Thanksgiving and Christmas has come and gone, but Jesus Christ is what, saints? The same. 2010 has come and gone, but Jesus Christ remains the same. You know, some folks have come to church and gone, but Jesus is the same. Some people tell you they love you today and they don't love you tomorrow, but Jesus Christ is what? The same. You know, some people, some folks grow sweeter with age. And some folks, well, let's just say they... Don't grow so sweet with age. But Jesus Christ, what? Remains the same. You got a luscious head full of hair now? Don't worry. It will change. And you'll need Rogaine. I'm past that. I'm past Rogaine, can't nothing help. I'll tell y'all something, promise don't tell nobody. In my off time, at my office, you know, it's over in the... I got a, I, I put on my Afro wig, y'all. 
Because I told you, I've told you this. When I get to heaven, look, here's my prayer. God's going to answer my prayer. I know he is. When I get to heaven, I want to have a big fro. And I want to have a big fro with a pick in the back. Y'all remember the pick? Where my people at? Y'all remember the pick? And I'm going to pick in the back. Y'all going to come and y'all going to get in the kingdom. Y'all going to say, oh, there go Pastor Rodney. My fro going to be this big. I'm going to have a big old heavenly pick. An anointed pick. You know you got a pick when it's glowing and anointed. There's anointing on my pick and my fro. So I put it on every now and then. I'm just trying to get ready for heaven. That's all. I'm just trying to get ready. <laughs> I'm just trying to get ready for heaven. The Bible said we should be preparing for the things above. If you read your Bible, you know that. So I put on, because I, I, I know, I know. But things change, things change. I was telling them at the Christmas Eve service. And a bunch of young people sitting over here. All these young guys, you know, they think they're so cool nowadays. Everybody's so cool. It's cool. You're so cool, you can't even sing. You're so cool, you can't sing. You can't, you, they sitting over here looking all cool. I say, oh, y'all think y'all cool. Y'all got all the ripped up six pack. Y'all think y'all all buffing everything. I said, let me tell you something. Everything changes. <laughs> that six pack is going to be a one pack. Just give it some time. Just give it some time. It will be a one pack. Everything will change. But the Bible says Jesus Christ remains the same. You know, somebody once said there are four signs of approaching age and they all start with B. Baldness, bifocals, bridges and bulges. <laughs> somebody else noted it's true. The older you get, the more you're worth. You get gold in your teeth, silver in your hair, gas in your stomach, and precious stones in your kidneys. <laughs> Where my people at? Where my people at? <laughs> we grow older and we change, but Jesus Christ, saints, remains what? The same. Malachi chapter 3, write it down, verse 6. For I am the Lord and I do not change. Therefore, you can, you are not consumed. You see, he is immutable. That word immutable means he doesn't change. He will not change. He's all wise. He need not change. He is perfect. He cannot change. Notice in verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. Now, there's a sense of eternity and the past locked up in these words. Because we know that there's no beginning or end or past with the Lord. He always existed. John chapter 8, Jesus said, before Abraham was, anybody know? I am. Before he came to the world, he was God. And when he came as a baby in the manger in Bethlehem, he was God. And he was God as he grew. And he was God through the teen years and into the adult years. And he was God when he was falsely arrested and tried and convicted. And he was God when they executed him on the cross. And he was God as he lay in the tomb. And the God of yesterday didn't stay in the tomb. He was God as he rose from the grave. And he is the eternal word of God who from past eternity... Was God. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today. And what does that mean? Well, that means that Jesus is here with us today. If he was with the Old Testament saints, helping them and guiding them and leading them, then he is here right now. Jesus is sitting right beside you. I'll wait while you clap your hands. You ought to be happy about that. He's, Jesus told us where two or three are gathered in my name, I'll be in their midst. I think there's more than two or three here. 
And he's gathered in our midst. He's here right now. And he's involved in your everyday life today, right now. And then finally, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and how long, saints? Forever. You see, it was not enough that he is the same yesterday and today, but somewhere down the road, he might cease to be. That wouldn't be enough. But the best is yet to come. That's what that means. Because he promised to come back for us. The Bible says we'll see him as he is and we shall be like him and he will rule and reign. We will rule and reign with him forever and sorrow will be removed. Sickness will be vanquished and sin will be conquered and death will be destroyed. And in the middle of all of this is the unchanging Jesus Christ. Saints, I leave you with this in this ever changing world. And might I add this ever changing world full of ever-changing people, we can rejoice in the fact that we serve a changeless Christ. Anybody glad about it? A changeless Christ. He cannot change. He will not change. And God was faithful to you in 2010, and he'll be faithful to you in 2011. So what you anxious for? What you anxious for? What you fearful for? In January 2010, you might have had some situations in your life or some things going on in your home, some things going on in your family, or some things going on with your crazy kids, or some things going on with your crazy kids, or some things going on with your crazy kids. Where my parents at? Say amen, parents. You and them crazy kids. And you're like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do, what's going to happen. I don't know what the circumstance is going to be. I don't know. We lost our job and the situation's changed. In 2010, you were all worried about that. And listen, was God faithful to you in 2010? Hmm? He was faithful to you in 2010. And God will be faithful to you in 2011 because he can't change. God cannot fail. And if he fails you, you will be the first. He has never failed anybody. And I don't care what your situation is, and I don't care what you think, and I don't care what, your, what, your, what, 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 your, what Satan might tell you, God is a faithful God. Yes? Yes. There's nobody in this room that can stand up and say, God has not been faithful to me. You cannot do that. You know why? Because you're in this room. He woke you up this morning. Who kept you alive all night? Did you? No, you were. Some of y'all be sleeping hard, too. You know you're sleeping hard when you were. Hallelujah. You're spiritual when you. Hallelujah. <laughs> but God kept you. He kept you all night. Kept your brain going. Kept the blood flowing. Kept your heart beating. That speaks to God's faithfulness and whatever you're going through and whatever comes against you. The Bible says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. The Bible does not say there won't be a weapon formed against you. It says it will not prosper. And for we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Not we guess, not we hope, not we pray. And we know. We know it. God cannot fail. He will not fail. 
You have nothing to worry about. Listen, Christian, no need to be anxious. Now, let me tell you, I'm talking to Christians right now. I'm not talking to non-believers. If you don't know God, you need to be afraid. Be very afraid. If you don't know God, you need to be anxious. You don't know God, you need Prozac. Get something. Because you don't know the Lord, and that's all you have. But the believer, the Bible says we are to turn our cares into prayers. When you start feeling anxious and you start feeling nervous and things are not going the way that you thought, then you just look back on the faithfulness of God over your life. You look back over the faithfulness of God in 2010. Why do you think that God told the children of Israel, when you get to this place, I want you to build some stones? The stones were to remind them of his faithfulness and to remind them of their circumstance and how God to build a memorial. And we're to build a memorial in our lives and in our hearts as we look back and we reflect over how God has been faithful to us. In 2011, you'll experience the same love, the same mercy, the same compassion, the same power, the same purpose. And he will still be faithful and compassionate and gracious and long-suffering God that he was when the world began and in the coming year. Why? Because he cannot change. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Is anybody glad about it? Anybody glad about it? You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.